Angie with the Holistic Health Hotline. Um, wow, so much going on, right? Uh, I should be in Tallahassee tonight, but Lori and Elsa are. They will be teaching a reflexology course in Tallahassee for the weekend. So any of you people who are out that way, if you haven't gotten there yet or signed up yet, you need to go. Tomorrow morning, 8 o'clock, registration. Um, you can call Lori's cell phone or go on the Internet to get the numbers and the sign-up information and go there quickly. That's for certification for reflexology. For those of you who don't know what reflexology is, um, I'm not going to go into that tonight. <laughs> it's too too complicated. It is the most holistic uh, uh, modality approach um, that we have out of, out of all the modalities, whether that's massage or acupuncture or any of those other things you've heard about. Um, whole, uh, reflexology is the most holistic approach to the body. Uh, as far as the modality goes. And speaking of holistic health and holistic approaches, uh, they had to, they didn't have to, they stopped at a chiropractor's office, someone I also know, a mutual friend of ours, um, and they go there to um, do colon cleansing, which everybody should do at least once in your life to get rid of some of that plaque that's stuck up there. You go to the dentist to get rid of plaque, guess what? You should be going to get rid of the plaque that's in your colon because if your colon stops working, you won't need the dentist anymore. Um, but anyway, so they were talking to the chiropractor, and of course, because he knows me, he was asking about me, and um, Lori said something about how I am spending some of my time trying to educate people about what's going on in their communities, in the nation, how that affects them as people, how it affects everyone globally and comes back to the mind, body, and spirit. And he was quite um, shocked. Now, this is a chiropractor who's been around for a while. He just he wrote a book and um, teaches a lot of things, takes a lot of courses, believes that knowledge is very important, um, but didn't realize the full extent of holistic health, even though he teaches it. <laughs> That it never it never occurred to him that you teach holistic health as a as a microcosm of the macrocosm and vice versa. That everything that goes on around us, whether that's political or personal, becomes personal and then political and vice versa. And it and it goes out from our tiny little families of trying to deal with a budget, the loss of a job, um, the loss of a house, the values or core values of trying to be an American or a human being and extends out to the community that you live in, the state that you live in, the country that you live in, and eventually to the planet that you live on. And that the issues coming down from Washington about saving our planet uh, are kind of backwards because what we have to do is start with the microcosm right now because we need to save the families um, and the jobs and the small businesses. And I, I have total faith, not only in God, but in Mother Earth, that Mother Earth will take whatever steps she needs to to save herself from whatever we're trying to do to her or people say we're doing to her. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. And I don't think we're supposed to worry about that. I think that that's a, a universal thing that, that, that God will take care of in the end. We should not be polluting her. We should not be abusing her. We should not be cutting down trees right and left because we want um, another golf course for the president to golf on or, or whatever. But but we do. And God knew we were going to. And so did Mother Earth know we were going to. And there are things that the Earth does. And I have explained that in other podcasts, how the, um, the Earth reflects our way of healing in everything that happens with the weather, with volcanoes, with um, famine and drought and 
and uh, floods and hurricanes. All those things are the same things that our bodies go through when we need to flush ourselves out, when we have fevers, when we shouldn't be eating, when we should be eating, um, when we need to be readjusted, like in a in a earthquake situation or a tremor. Um, when we need to to look at what's going on in our veins and arteries and flush those out the best we can and refill them with good nutrients. All those things that we should be learning how to do, the earth knows how to do, believe me. So what we should be instead focusing on are all the issues that are that are making our physical, mental, emotional, ethereal um, energies totally feel like they're in total disruption or dying. Uh, you know, I had a, a, a story on the radio yesterday. Uh, it was about kids, and I, I often think about the kids, of course, that I've brought up and my own. Um, and look at the kids today and wonder where their passion is, where their emotion is. Emotion, that's energy in motion. Where is their energy in motion regarding anything that's going on in this world? You can show... Uh, uh, for those of you who are like close to my age, you remember watching Bambi or Old Yeller or um, uh, E.T. or uh, I don't know. I even cry at Father of the Bride now. So, But even as children, we got tears in our eyes. We cried when, when the fires came and Bambi's mother was gone and um, things like that. We used to cry at that. And we would also laugh hysterically at the silliest little things. Um, and we would go outside and build forts or pull up little pieces of grass with our, and have our little cars and make roads and bridges and, and use popsicle sticks to build buildings and, and be totally, um, immersed in our imaginations, in our, in our, in the nature around us, in our relationships with other people. We could invent things that nobody else ever thought of because we were out in the world. We were innovative, we were experimental, we were brave, we were courageous, um, and we had passion, and we had dreams. We had dreams of becoming astronauts, or policemen, or firemen, or doctors, or nurses, um, or even the best ditch digger in town. We knew a better way of doing it, and if we got that job, we would be the best there was. So we had passion for everything. And somewhere after the 60s, in the 70s, and up through, really, um, the last 15 years, maybe 20, that's all disappeared. You can have a bunch of kids from the ages of 2 to, to 18, maybe 21. Because my daughter's 21, and I, 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 I'm seeing the same thing in her now. Watching a movie that should tear your heart out. It should at least elicit a tear of compassion or self-pity, if it has to be, um, understanding of the human condition, whatever. And you can have them all sitting there, and, and you're in tears or blubbering, or um, you're, at least your chest aches, and they're laughing, or they're totally emotionless. They're not feeling anything, and they look at you like you're crazy. Um, and one of my Christmas podcasts, I talk about a book called I Love You Forever, and, and I used to read it to kid, to the kids, my kids, and then kids that stayed overnight, which was all the time. Um, 
So every day at at nap time and every night we'd, we'd read and then we'd then I'd sing them to sleep and we'd read and I'd sing them to sleep and and they got used to certain stories and and um, ones that they really liked and ones that I wanted to read to them. Good night moon, you know that's for those of you who are parents, you know all these books. But anyway, I love you forever is a, is a book about a mother and a son and. Uh, uh, I, I, I can't to this day. Now, I've read that book the first time 23 or 4 years ago and uh, could not get through to the last three pages without crying. And, of course, the kids look at you crying and then they laugh. But at least they're responding to an emotion, even though they're blocking the emotion of pain because they don't understand the pain that goes uh, goes along with aging because they're just children. But But they can at least... They're at least responding with some kind of empathy and um, understanding of the, your pain, and then they laugh at it. Uh, and I still can't to this day get through that book, but I watched kids read that book and their parents, and they don't have a problem. They, um, they, they're like, well, you know, what's so sad about that? What's, you know, that's a nice story, but I'd rather read Harry Potter or whatever. Um, so it's a little scary, very scary, actually. When you look at what's going on in our nation, what's going on with our country, if, if, if this is the country I used to know, I don't think it is, but, but you look around and you wonder why nobody is doing anything to stop what's happening on one side, and you wonder why there's so much hatred on the other side that's trying to push through these agendas of I know everybody's going to be the same nobody's going to have what I don't have um, uh, I'm entitled to all this stuff what I heard today is that I heard people actually say to me but having a home and having health care is a right that's you're an American or you're a human being it's a right it's a basic right who says now, if you live in any other country in the world, first of all, you don't have the health care that we have here. And most other countries in the world, you certainly don't have homes like we have here or the ability to get homes as we have here, which is why people live outside or in huts or in, in shacks or um, whatever. Only royalty lives in the castles and the, and the villas. Um, so where was it written in somebody's mind? in these kids' minds, especially these 18 to 30-year-olds, that we, as a people here, only in this country, though, that it's a right to have a home, that it's a right to have health care, no matter who pays for it. You're supposed to have it. This is what you have the right to, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. You have the right to life. That means that you have the right to live and no one should take that away from you if they do they will be punished you have the right of liberty which is freedom the freedom of speech the freedom to bear arms um, the freedom to congregate in groups and to speak about your government if you want um, all the basic freedoms of living in America and you have the right to pursue happiness that happiness is where your dreams come in that means if you have the dream of being a doctor, you have the right to work hard, figure out how to pay for college, work hard while you're in college, work hard while you're in medical school, and put all of those skills and dreams to work for your fellow human beings in your country. That's what your right is. And then as you pursue more happiness, of course, you might want a family. You're allowed to do that. And if you want that family, you have a responsibility to house them, feed them, clothe them, protect them.
keep them as healthy as possible. Okay? Which means also keeping yourself as healthy as possible, which is a personal responsibility. It is not the responsibility of the government to keep you healthy. Nor is it the responsibility of the government if you decide to abuse yourself and, and um, uh, have a hangover or, or took too many pills or ate wrong or overate or didn't take care of yourself so you caught a cold or the flu or whatever. It isn't a right that then government just step in and say, oh, don't worry, Sonny or little girl, we'll take care of you. Somebody else will pay for it. Don't worry. It's not a right. And nor should it be. Because when we start believing that all of our rights are actual someone else's, actually someone else's responsibilities, we lose our rights. And that means we lose our freedom. And we lose the pursuit of happiness because we don't even have the emotion or the passion to pursue that happiness anymore. And if we have lost our pursuit of happiness, if we've lost our freedom, then we have lost our life. And that's what our Constitution was built on. It's not built on handouts. It's not built on government power. It's not built on um, this enormous fear that some people have been taught, especially in college, of, of this class society where all the rich have all the money, so let's go after them because none of us are rich. I'm the richest person I know. I don't have a bank account, but I'm the richest person I know. I have a lot of things. You know, I have my computer and my television and my my DVD player and cable TV and a couple of fans going right here right now on my screened-in porch, which is 10 by 22 or whatever it is, um, looking out over a beautiful backyard with birds and animals that run around. And, and I have friends and I have family that are close and I have kids that are humongously weird and, and, and uh, sometimes lost because they're so busy with their own lives. I have all these things um, that I pursued to give me happiness. Nobody gave them to me. I didn't beg for them. I didn't wait for a bill to go through Congress to give them to me. I didn't try to sneak something into a bill in Congress in the middle of the night to make sure that I got it. I didn't expect it. I didn't have expectations or assumptions at the age of 10, 12, 15, or 18 that even said I was going to go to college. When we grew up, we grew up knowing that our job, our first job, was to go to school and learn all we could learn. And of course we got in trouble and we did all the things kids do, but we learned as much as we could learn. Our next job after that was to start learning the value of money and living in a society where you use money to acquire or barter for either services or, or, uh, or goods. That's what money is for, bartering for services or goods. And you learn at a young age, or at least kids used to, by the time they were 16, they were very proud, not just to get their learner's permit, the most important thing then was that you could work legally. You could start paying into Social Security because you got a Social Security number. And, and the pride that we used to have when we could say, I got my first job. 
didn't matter what it was. I don't care if you're bagging groceries at the grocery store or washing dishes at a local restaurant or cleaning the floors at four in the morning or the urinals or whatever you were doing. You were getting a wage for the value that you could give to that small business, that company, at a time when they needed you. And they showed it to you by giving you that wage, and you showed it to them by showing up every day and being proud of what you did. The next step was to aspire to something higher. Because, of course, we had parents. We had teachers. We had role models in the community and in society and in our nation. And so we would see or read or hear about... Um, the astronauts that were going to fly to the moon. I wrote a letter to NASA when I was in fourth grade saying, why aren't women going? And they wrote me back and said, oh, don't worry, in the next few years they will. It took 25 years, but, but you know, that's how the government does take its time doing everything. Um, but and I didn't aspire to be the first woman astronaut. Absolutely not. I, I revered the astronauts and, and just was amazed that we were going up into outer space and maybe someday to the moon um, and knew people who wanted to do that that wasn't my thing my thing was healing people and um, understanding all the parts that are human um, that separate us from the divine so that I could understand divinity from a human point of view uh, so that was my aspiration did I get to do it? I did not to go to medical school I had an aunt that was supposed to pay for that and uh, or, or promised that she would and then she got deathly ill and all the money went to health care. But did I, was I upset that I feel like something was stolen from me? No, because that was gravy. She was going to maybe pay for me to go to medical school. How great. But the, but the problem was that I was in a situation uh, at, at the end of high school and after high school when I didn't have much of a choice. I couldn't afford to go to college. I had a scholarship, but I couldn't afford to live on or off campus. I was on my own. Um, so I had a region, what was called then in New York State, a region scholarship. I gave it away because uh, I knew that I couldn't do the things that I needed to do with that, so why waste it? Give it to somebody who can use it now. And I joined the Marines instead. And I joined the Marines not to go wear the best uniform, which the Marine Corps uniform is, or to go fight or to go hide or any of those kinds of things while other people were running to Canada. Um, I actually joined because service to your country was and still is a viable option to those people who can't afford to do and follow the dreams that they have right now. So by going into service for your country in, in the service, whether it's the Army, the Navy, Marines, Coast Guard, whatever, the country, the government then will pay you back because you are worth it. You have bartered with them and said, I will lay my life on the line. I will write a, 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 a blank check with my life as a collateral to serve you, my country. If I come home alive, please help me get started again. You know, give me some loan help so I can go to college. Maybe give me a GI Bill so that some of my college will be paid for because I have to catch up now with, with the workforce. If I'm disabled, um, please allow enough money in the Veterans Administration to help me with my disabilities and help me rehabilitate if I can so that I can become a viable working person in this nation and have dignity and pride in who I am. So I went to the service. I think everybody should 
because it, then you learn about your country and you learn to respect your country and love your country in a way that people who have not fought for this country or served this country will ever understand. When you serve this country, you don't look at the world or people around you the same ever again. And you certainly don't do what many in Washington are doing now. Anyway, so I served my country and then I went to college. But I still couldn't afford to go to medical school. <laughs> and I had been trained in the service in electronics, so I did a lot of stuff in electronics and worked for huge corporations like IBM and... Uh, Anyway, lots of places, and learned about money, and and uh, on top of that, continued my education in health and holistic health because probably if I'd gone to medical school, by now they would have thrown me out because I I would have been on the other side of that barrier, the AMA for sure. Did you hear today that the AMA is backing this health care plan that the Democrats are forcing down everybody's throats? And you read some of the blogs or the twits or tweets or whatever. Um, people are saying, well, if the AMA is backing it, they must know something that we don't. Well, maybe you don't know something you should. That the AMA is headquartered in Chicago and uh, that it has a subsidiary, has many actually subsidiaries, and one of them is Acorn with a K, not a C. That should be a clue right there. The Acorn subsidiary is a pharmaceutical manufacturer and distributor. Um, and that Michelle Obama used to be a hospital administrator who threw people out of the hospitals in Chicago who were too poor to pay and used illegal immigrants, aliens, um, to do the work, the maintenance work, etc. around the hospitals and then tripled her salary when her husband became a senator. She's now working in the background on a lot of this stuff, making the deals with the nurses and the doctors and the associations to push this health care plan through. Because it's the final thing in Obamanopoly. If you've ever played Monopoly, your, your goal, your aspiration, your dream is to get hold of every piece of property on that board. From boardwalk to the railroads to the utility companies, everything including the jail is yours. Um, and then you have a full monopoly on everything. Well, that's about monopoly. And the only thing that's not on the monopoly board is health care. But I think that's in community chests and chance cards. Uh, I know the taxes are in there and the chance cards. Community chest, you might get a little money back. I guess that's your stimulus. Um, but there are things that relate to health. I don't think they put much health in those games then because nobody ever thought that the United States government was going to take over our bodies. But they are. And uh, if if you still haven't read enough to understand what this health care thing is really going to do, um, let me not make it too complicated. The number one, there's two things going on right now. The number one thing it's going to do is going to put small businesses out of business. 70 to 99% of all the jobs in this country come from small business, small and medium businesses. Small businesses. You have a kid who works at uh, McDonald's or Dunkin' Donuts or Walmart or, you know, the local grocery store or, um, you know, is a salesperson for a, a company that maybe has 20 employees or 50 or 60 or 100. It's going to put probably 99% of those businesses out of business because they won't be able to afford to provide health care. 
and they will then tell their employees go find the health care from the government if you want health care. But then they're going to get fined and taxed by the government because they're not providing the health care. So what they're going to say is, I'm not going to stay in business. Okay, but that's only part of the problem. Because what's going on simultaneously to cause this pressure, this is what this government is doing. It pressures from both sides. And, and if you haven't learned this, learn it quickly because we don't, we're out of time. We're running out of time and we're out of time. There's a, a, a company called CIT, which is a loan bank kind of company. Its main purpose is to loan to small businesses. They do $85 billion worth of business a year. That's their main purpose, loan to small businesses. Like, you're going to go shopping someplace. I don't know, pick a store, any store, name it. It won't be there in a few months. Um, that store knows that Christmas is coming. So it is going out and buying and sending buyers out to buy all kinds of goods to get into the store in time for just after Halloween and before Thanksgiving to start the Christmas rush. But they don't pay for it because they can't afford it yet because they haven't sold it yet. So they take these loans out. They buy all the things that you're going to buy, and then after you buy those things, um, they pay back the loan companies, which come through CIT. So CIT is on the verge of bankruptcy today, and it is the only large banking financial institution that will not be bailed out by the government. That's where all our bailout money should have gone in the first place, to small business, <laughs> to places like CIT and the housing market. Not to Nancy Pelosi's mouse or, you know, putting the um, $9 million airport in Murthaw's backyard in Pennsylvania so he could fly in three of his friends a month. Um, or all the other. I mean, if you, if you can go through, they, they have the pork and stuff lists now where you just can't believe where all this money is supposed to go and has gone. And um, but that's the more the money should have gone was to small businesses and the housing market to restart the economy without all of this hullabaloo. But that's not what it was about, and that's what everybody missed. It wasn't about this terrible crisis. If we don't do this right away, our economy is going to tank and all of us are going to die. It was about if you don't do this right away, you're going to find out what I'm really up to, and I won't be able to power grab everything that I'm trying to do in my agenda. And I've got to get it all done right now, which is why we're hearing we have to have this health care reform bill done right now. And it will be done. It will be done this month, or it will be done now, or it will be done before the end of the year, no matter what. doesn't matter if you don't like it. Nancy Pelosi said today we have the support of the American people on all of this. No matter what we tax, what we do with the money, how much it costs, the American people support us. Well, I actually got a hold of the White House today. And I was on the phone for over 40 minutes being very succinct on every issue I wanted to talk about. That meant you name the issue, you name the problem, and maybe one backup statement about where this should go or shouldn't go, and, and that's how you feel, and you move on to the next issue. The last thing I said, and I had a very nice guy that I talked to for this 40 minutes. The last thing, thing I said was, you know, I have called 10 Republican senators, 10 Democrat senators, five representatives from each side. I can get a hold of the Republicans' emails and voicemails. I cannot get a hold of any of the Democrats because they're all full. I said, you want to do your country a favor, you go tell all these Democrats to start cleaning out their email uh, boxes and their voicemail boxes so they can actually hear where the people 
are what the people are saying so that Pelosi doesn't say we have the support of the American people. I'd like to know who she's heard from because I have personally written Nancy Pelosi several times um, and called, and you will not be able to leave a message, not a true message. You can't. They, they're not listening to anybody, okay, except the powers that be. Remember Acorn, little Conyers, who wanted to um, investigate Acorn and then came out three or four days later and somebody said, well, are you going to investigate Acorn? In Is, is the Congress going to investigate Acorn? And he suddenly said, um, no, the powers that be don't want to do that. Who are the powers that be? The only people above him who could say no. You figure it out. I don't want to sound like Fox News. We report, you decide. But you figure it out. Who are, who are the powers that be? And how does that affect our health? You know, me talking about these things. Well, it does. The amount of stress that people are going through isn't the stress that Social Security's administration is going through where they have to go on a $700,000 junket. It's the kind of stress that's causing people to once again take it out on their spouses, their children, go to banks and try to steal things and tell the bank tellers, I'm only doing this because I need to feed my family. They're robbing banks. They're killing people. They're having road rage. Um... And that, in a circular way, is affecting our children. Emotionally, spiritually, psychologically, mentally, and then physically. Okay? It's affecting all of them as it affects us. They're like your dog. You know how your dog always knows that you're sick before you do and tries to show you what's really going on? If you watch what dogs do, sometimes all of a sudden they'll start to limp a little bit. And the next day you sprain your ankle because they already knew that you were going to do that. <laughs> and they're trying to tell you, but you don't pay attention. Um, well, kids are the same way. They pick up on everything that's going on with our energy fields because they feel them. They see them. They hear them. They touch them. They smell them. They know it. They just can tell what's going on. And when we, and we're having all these fears and these angers and these hatreds and um, and they're just sucking them up. They're not converting them to uh, creative energies, more to destructive or passive energies. They're becoming robots, like the government would like us to become, which is why I try to teach what I teach. There's so much going on. There were tea parties that went on today, and some maybe even tomorrow. Um, and, and the, you know, people, it's not, it's not like hundreds of millions of people showing up outside senators' doors, but what they're trying to do is show up so that, uh, so that the senators know that they're there. Okay? Um, Claire McCaskill, Democrat, right, from Missouri, near St. Louis, I think. They had a tea party over there. Their people got so scared of these terrorists. They are Americans who were holding signs saying no more taxation, no more stimulus, stop the health care plan, we don't want to be ta taxed. They were, they were chanting, saying they wanted um, McCaskill to come out. So they called the cops <laughs> and said that they were being threatened by this terrorist group outside. It was, you know, I don't know what it was, three or four hundred people, you know, standing outside, kids, mothers, grandmothers, boys, men. And uh, and 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 the workers in the office said, "Oh yeah, well there's no reason she doesn't have to come out. It's not her constituency. You want to bet that they, they think that the only people who are protesting or are upset about being taxed to death, the tax rate in New York City and some other places is going to go up to sixty, seventy percent. What that means for you people who don't get this 
is you're going to go out and make $1,000 next month. No, you're not, because you're going to pay 600 of that dollars back to the government. How does that feel? What if you make $100,000 and you have to give $60,000 back to the government? How does that feel? Not that you're going to invest in the government and get anything back. You're just going to give it to them because they're going to tax you to pay for all this stuff. And you're saying, oh, no, they're only going to tax the rich. How long do you think they can tax the rich before it comes down to you? Not very long, number one. Number two, if they only tax the rich, that's not going to pay for anything, so they have to tax business. If businesses get taxed and can't afford all this stuff, they're going to close. If they close, you're not going to be able to afford anything that you thought you were going to be able to afford, and then maybe I guess you won't get taxed because you won't have any income. So then you can line up for the welfare lines and the Medicaid lines. Meanwhile, our children will watch us do that and lose their dreams and lose their pursuit of happiness and not understand what liberty was or what they lost. Um, never know what the Constitution really said. And, and uh, if that doesn't bring a tear to your eye, if it doesn't make your chest bind up because you know that you're losing your country and that your country is dying, then you are what your children are becoming the same robots, the same empty vessels that the government would like you to be because you're easier to handle that way. That's why they develop things like Paxil and Zoloft and uh, certain drinks that people drink to, to make you passive so that you will go along with what they're trying to do here. It's, it's pretty scary to me. I think it should be scary to you. Okay? Um... You need to start, again, listening and paying attention. You can go on earthwalk-usa.com, go to the News 2 link, or, again, to the Obama Crimes link. And I mean, when you go on that link, you don't have to read all that stuff at the time. There's a lot of reading, and people have written me and said thank you because they can't get this anywhere else. A lot of reading on the Obama Doctrine, the Obama Coup, the three-step plan to taking over this country. Um, but then goes keeps... Keep on scrolling on down if you don't want to read that, and go click on some of the links to to the uh, the videos and the um, other things that are on there to, to to start teaching you what's happening. Do you know what's going on in Chicago on Sunday at the Hilton? Um, I can't remember exactly where it is. It's one of the big. It's the big Hilton Hotel Convention Center. Um, and, and this one actually should scare you I think it's it's uh, oh man it's a, a convention okay uh, of radical Islamic um, jihadists I guess you'd call them okay um, <laughs> it's uh, I can't even I can't even I, I talked to them about this in in uh, Washington also I, I brought this up because I said why is this going on in our country why is this group being allowed to do this? And uh, the guy said to me, well, I'll, I'll present that to President Obama, um, that you have a concern about. I said, I don't have a concern. I said, this is treason. Anybody that's allowing this to go on in this country is a traitor. Because this this uh, this group that's, um, that's doing this conference, if you haven't heard of them, you need to learn about them, okay? Excuse me. I've got a little <clears throat> no stuff going on out here in this high humidity. Um, they have been in this country for 
probably a couple of decades, if not longer, working undercover to recruit for Al-Qaeda. Uh, and their main thing is um, the rise of, of radical Islam. Anyway, you can go on the webpage or my Facebook page and you can um, see a video about what they're trying to do. The name of the video is The Death of Capitalism and the Rise of Islam. And that's what their conference is about. Um, and what you see on the video, it's an ad for everybody to come to this conference on the 19th at the Hilton. And, and uh, it's basically about, you know, killing all of us and rising like they're supposed to and the death of capitalism in our country is the go-ahead now the way our president has treated other countries and shown his weakness to other countries has allowed these people now to come out from the caves that they've lived in around chicago and other places and feel like it's okay to have a conference and advertise it to show everyone here in america who must be they're all we're all muslims now um, that that you need to join this Muslim group and get rid of capitalism for the good of Islam and uh, become Muslim and uh, like like Obama says we all are that we're not a Christian nation anymore we're a Muslim nation that's what he actually told other countries that affects my children it affects my health I will fight again and I will fight longer and I have said this before, I will die for my country. They will have to shoot me <laughs> to do some of the things that they want to do. One of the things in this health care bill is the right of intervention. If you haven't read that, you should be concerned. They can come to your house filled now with your medical records that you have voluntarily given to them through ACORN. They'll have every bit of information they can possibly have on you, and two people will show up at your door with two policemen, and they'll say, oh, hi, we're from the government, and uh, we see that you did not make your daughter, your 12-year-old daughter, get Gardasil to guard against, you know, um, cervical cancer. And you haven't had your chickenpox booster. So we have it in our bag, and we'd like to come in. And if you don't, they can fine you and take you to jail. If you read this bill, it says they have the right to put you in jail for anywhere from 1 to 20 years if you fight them on this. It's an actual bill. You can go on the government pages and read this. Well, they're going to have to shoot me. <laughs> and I'll put signs all around. My mother says they have to go through her first, that she'll just shoot as many as she can before they shoot her. And, and uh, that's the end of that. But people, 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 get educated. Start reading. Start spreading this word. It's not bullshit. It's not baloney. This is coming. This is here. This is on us right now. You have maniacs in Washington who are going to do this whether you think they're going to or not. They are spreading the propaganda. They are spreading the fear. They are telling you they, that you support them even though you don't. This, the uh, CBO came out today and said that Obama's health care plan will significantly, significantly expand costs in government beyond what is sustainable even for the next three years. I don't care how many savings he says he found. Guess where he's going to find them? Medicare. He's going to take it out of Medicare so that your mothers and grandmothers and grandfathers and aunts and uncles and you, when you get to be age 65, will not have health care because you don't count anymore. So that's where they're going to find some savings. The other two-thirds comes from taxation on the rich and on businesses. And don't bail out anybody who's going to give you a job. They only bailed out Wall Street because Wall Street hijacked Washington a long time ago. 
pay attention, learn. Please find some emotion, find some passion for your country, for yourself, for your family and your friends. Do something. Don't just sit there and play games on the computer all day. Don't go to work and say, that's all I can do, I'm too tired. Because you won't have that job anymore. You have to start learning. You have to take responsibility for being an American. And that's the best I can tell you. Be responsible as an American. Learn that to be an American is a responsibility, not a right. Go to earthwalk-usa.com. Thank you for listening. This is Raina G.